0: Welcome to Smart Casual, Images Fashion Podcast in collaboration with Kildare Village, dealing with personal style in a way that speaks to you. Hosted by me, Fashion Director Marie
1: Kelly. And me, Edine O'Connell, Image.ie Staff Writer. And me, Dominique McMullen, Digital Editor of Image Publications.
0: In our 20s, 30s and 40s, we're three women across three decades with three unique perspectives on how fashion shapes the world.
1: Fashion and personal style are about a lot more than the clothes we choose to put on every morning.
2: They're about the world we live in and they're about who we choose to be. There's a lot of talk when it comes to fashion and we certainly love a chat. Welcome to Smart Casual. Hi everyone and welcome back to a very special and a little bit sad episode of Smart Casual. This week, it's all about the women in our life. Our topic ahead of Mother's Day is the influence of our mums and even our grandmums on our style. And I suppose, rather fittingly, it is my last episode before I head off to become a mum myself. Uh, Our guest on the show this week is fashion stylist and creative consultant Sarah Rickard, who's going to be my very qualified replacement for the next few months. We'll be chatting to her about fashion identity, her career as a stylist and what she'll be bringing to Smart Casual um, as our new guest host. Before that, however, what caught your eye this week, Aideen?
1: Um, what caught my eye this week is an Irish brand that I've personally just discovered called 31 Chapel I'm really, really late to the game, but I just came across them over the weekend. And uh, they're one of probably the best eco-friendly fashion brands out there at the minute. Um, the brand was established in 2012 by Damien and Joy Hannigan, and they're currently based in Limerick City, which is great, uh-huh. a monster. Area and I'm a carry woman, so I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, every piece is tailored either from linen, Donegal tweed, or pure wool, and it's all made in house. And they make some really, really good dresses, tailor pieces, and it seems like a really like good go-to brand for workwear mm. um, and workwear that's still stylish. So, that's made my weekend to find. very hard to find. Yeah, yeah. what about you, Marie?
0: Um, so my fashion high this week was, um, well, firstly, um, the new Image magazine coming out on shelves, the <laughs> April issue, um, which is always pretty exciting. But but specifically in this issue, we had some really incredible women um, featured um, from, you know, a former Dior makeup artist, Mary Dunn, who's 61 years old and has just been signed up to a modelling agency, to PR guru Roisin Nivora, um, solicitor Natasha McKenna the owner of Optica, Deirdre McNally, these incredible women who spoke um, really honestly about their own personal style, how Mm. they achieved their look, how they developed their own style. Um, And they're all of a certain age as well. You know, none of them are in their 20s or 30s. They're Mm. all of a certain age. And they were so inspiring to me as a, Forty-four-year-old woman to see them looking so fabulous and speaking so confidently about their clothes and their style and what fashion means to them, mm. um, and I, I, I loved working on that feature, and I'm really, really proud of it, and I think it's a, a must-read for
2: anyone out there. It really is, and the shots are just beautiful. The women are just amazing, incredible. And yeah. um, my, I'm going down the same line. I'm being very biased. Um, and definitely, my fashion high was the fashion shoot and the cover of Image mm-hmm. magazine, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By me. none mm-hmm. other than our Marie Kelly here. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. Just, it's just stunning. I don't know how else to describe it. The theme is utility chic, and the shoot is with five of Ireland's young. I feel weird explaining this in front of Marie, <laughs> whose, whose concept it is. But uh, five of Ireland's kind of freshest up and coming models, um, and it just really captures this really exciting energy and this kind of new, um, young cool street kind of vibe Um, I feel so uncool saying street vibe (laughs) I use that phrase all the time showing my age (laughs) Um, It's set against the streets around the Guinness Storehouse and it's all caramel tones and sepia and it's just just absolutely beautiful It was shot by Alex Hutchinson and style by Jan Breerton and it really is difficult to even pick a favourite shot. It all is beautiful and I know, I'm sure for the cover it must have been difficult to pick the best one. Um, we had some online video and just going through the moving shots even, it was difficult to pick the favourite one. So, well done team Image. Oh, and I, I mean, I have to give a special shout out to Jan because really yeah. it was her concept,
0: not mine at all. She came to me with that concept and we're so thrilled that she did. But of course, you were there on the day, Dominique yeah. as well and doesn't it make such a difference when you're actually there experiencing it in real life yeah. as well? I've if,
2: actually got goosebumps even just oh. About it. S- sitting there and watching a shoot is really a special experience. It is. No, to it was see a great day all the way through from the beginning mm, to the end. Mm. It's just amazing. Oh, we're thrilled yeah. with it
0: and, and so glad you particularly like it because it was it. a you know slightly different cover for us and a slightly yeah, different approach. Yeah, good to, different. Yeah, go, oh, different. definitely good different. No, we're thrilled with it and um, yeah, big shout out to Jan and Alex
2: who did a great job with it. Very talented team. Very talented. Um, so when we decided on the topic for this week, which is how our mothers influenced our styles and actually our grandmothers as well. Um, I really had to have a think because my initial instinct is that my mum's style and my style is actually just so completely different Um, that we had nothing in common. <laughs> Sorry, mum. Um, although, admittedly, the more I thought about it, the older we become. Actually, the more similar we become. Doesn't everybody turn into their mothers? Absolutely. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I am. <laughs> um My mum... For those, for anyone who knows her, she's naturally very glamorous. Um, She looks a bit like Goldie Horn. And actually, when I was young, I kind of almost thought of her as like a movie star oh, in wow. my head. Uh, she does have this ability to put on anything and look really genuinely quite beautiful. She also has this thing, though, that we often talk about on this podcast, about... She respects her clothes, she looks after herself, she understands the power of putting on a nice outfit and it having the ability to change your mood and make you feel better about yourself. Um, like she would she would never spend vast quantities of money on clothes, but like all her clothes would always be very matching and always ironed and always well looked after and hung up and you know, she has real respect for her clothes. I definitely kind of rebelled against her kind of glamorous put-togetherness when I was like a teenager and in my early 20s. I kind of dressed kind of grungy and it was all about being mismatched and you know, that was cool. I suppose as anyone is, the opposite of your mom is what's cool when you're that age. Um But like I said, now I I do feel myself morphing into her <laughs> and I'm definitely <laughs> glam now. Like, i Oh, you are. Yeah, I'm much... And I wouldn't have been like 10 years ago, but yeah, I'm definitely getting more and more glamorous Um and I really do enjoy that process now of putting outfits together and spending the time. I still haven't gotten quite around to the ironing thing.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but uh, I can see myself heading there. Um, mm-hmm. Do you
0: and your mum talk more about clothes maybe now? Do you ever shop together now? Has that kind of changed?
2: We wouldn't shop together, no, but I don't really shop with anyone. I, I'm a Same. lone shopper. Same. Um one, I would shop occasionally with my granny. She'd probably be the only person that I would occasionally shop with. My granny is like the complete opposite of my mum in that granny. Granny is from the UK. So Margaret, <laughs> like such a child <laughs> calling her granny. She's from the from the UK and she grew up in India and kind of came back to England around like World War Two. And for her, you know, it was that post-war thing. You had one outfit and you repaired and minded mm. everything. Um, but now. I think as a result of that, she is just, she she can never get over, like, all the sparkly, glittery, tutu, fake, snakeskin stuff in the shops mm. that you can buy for two euro. <laughs> and the joy she gets from, like, mooching around new look and picking out things that she'd never wear but for me. <laughs> she, every birthday, she'll send me something that is, like, more outrageous <laughs> <than> <laughs> so and lovely. sweet, pink and, Um yeah, and I actually just have a—I mean, I never wear half the stuff that we kind of pick out, but it's so much fun to see your eyes lit up, you know. Oh, um, so yeah, so I and I know your mum Marie—you've talked about before—used to make clothes. Mm, and she was
0: a seamstress, yeah. And it's really interesting this topic. So I had to sort of think about this a bit because we—we yeah. didn't sort of—we don't have that obvious. We didn't have that obvious sort of relationship around around clothes. Um, but I think there were significant moments I mean my mother was a stay at home mother of six children so she wasn't dressed up day to day Mm. at all she was a real like mammy you know stay at home kind of mother and very huggy and always kind of just dressed in her sort of house gear because she'd always be doing stuff and always busy or cooking or whatever Um, but I remember I think I was 12 years old at the time uh, one particular night when she got dressed up Mm. um, to go to this um, event and she'd bought a new dress and, and she wouldn't have spent that much money on herself you know and she's she's a great bargain hunter and I definitely picked that up off her as well Mm -hmm. but she got dressed up for this event new dress and beautiful gold jewelry that my dad gave her you know this exquisite charm bracelet that I always associate with her and that I love very much Um, and she she looked amazing but it was it was it was probably the first time that I saw my mother really you know, make making the absolute best of herself. You yeah. know, it was or the first time certainly I registered that. Wow, this is my mother, looking her absolute best, and yeah. she was so happy, and she yeah. you know felt so good about herself. And I think like, you know, she was she was never over overweight. Like she was, you know, six children on, she would have had mm. you know a bit of weight on or whatever, but she'd lost a little bit of weight, and you know, and she was feeling fabulous. And I I remember that registering really strongly with me that that idea that. How, you know you can you could when you make the best of yourself you can make the best of yourself physically mm. Mm. and transform how you feel about yourself yeah and that really registered you know very very strongly with me and she she definitely sort of taught me that I mean in terms of clothes as I say she she didn't really she's she was always a bargain hunter and I and I did definitely kind of lick that off the yeah. <laughs> stone walls, so, so to speak um but in terms of clothes when I was growing up we didn't you know, we wouldn't have really shopped much together. It was more like practical shopping. Yeah. Um, but I have all these wonderful pictures of her because she made all her own clothes, pretty much her own clothes A when class. she was, certainly before she met my dad, or, you know, when she was seeing my dad and before she got married. And she made her wedding dress, which was wow. beyond exquisite. I mean... I would wear it now. You do know, do you still have it? No, she gave it away. Unfortunately, oh, no. I know someone persuaded her to give it to the nuns. Oh, oh no! What would they doing with it? Oh, making investments. Oh. it was it was it was an era. I know, I know. I she regrets it hugely. Having I'm said shook. that, she did keep the beautiful swatch. Oh, of goodness. the fabric um and it's beautiful because it's it's you know it was white silk with sort of uh gold embroidered oh, sort wow. of thread through it and it was just you know exquisite mm. and um she was so talented and i think unfortunately When I was a teenager and when I was in my 20s, like we didn't have a brilliant relationship because, you know, I was probably a bit of a tosser really and I didn't Mm. understand or (laughs) appreciate my mother. Yeah, (laughs) we all did that. No understanding or appreciation of my of my mother. And I think it's it's very much now. And actually, I'm actually living with my mother again now Mm. um, since my dad sort of moved into a nursing home. She's on her own. So I've moved in with her and she gets such a kick out of seeing me in going to work in my clothes you know no, the way that I get lovely. sort of dressed up every day and yeah. and we have great chats about about my clothes and and she loves them and um it's funny we're probably we probably have a better relationship around clothes now than than we ever did, and that's partly because yeah. we have time together, yeah. and because obviously I'm a grown up now, <laughs> and I understand, <laughs> I understand that you know she has so much knowledge and yeah. so much experience. Um, so it's quite a nice time actually for me and my mother right it's now. Yeah, really it really nice. is. Yeah, it's like full circle. Yeah, yeah, full circle. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm, made it eventually. What
1: about you, Heidi? My mother has definitely been one of the biggest influences on my style. I don't care what people think about what I'm wearing I've always been very individual like that but she's the one person the one opinion that I really favour and that if she doesn't like something I start to question it Really? And like she doesn't obviously tell she wouldn't obviously say she doesn't like something like I came home with Doc Martens, these platform Doc Martens that I'd been saving up for. And I brought them back and I was like, Mary, do you like these? And she was like, they're very big. So I knew then <laughs> straight away that she... Was recently? <laughs> oh yeah, that was only like two months ago. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "Oh, do, should I bring them back? Should I bring them back? But I, stuck, but I stuck with them and I still have them and I love them. She still gives me weird looks like, but <laughs> we've got over it. But um, she's always had really, really great personal style. And she was always amazing at wearing colour. Like my mom doesn't wear black. She rarely would wear all black. It might just be a pair of pants or a top. Mm-hmm. Um but she always had a really good eye for accessories as well and she'd always put necklaces with different outfits. And I just didn't get it because I'm not a necklace person. That's just mm. not me. And every outfit that she does put on is like the perfect balance of like glam and cash. And I remember like her going to work, she's always impeccably dressed for work. Like just always looked amazing. There's always that little extra spark to her outfits. Like you'd never just see her in jeans and trainers. And I think that's the one thing I've inherited from her is that I always just want to add a little extra oomph to my outfits mm. and that's definitely something and I love colour and I love print and that's definitely coming from her and like I remember so many of her outfits from when I was a child like I remember her outfit from My Communion it was this Libra peach suit with pointed mules and like a hat and she would a turquoise version as well wow. and she had this unbelievable black and mustard checked like clueless style clueless style blazer and wow. matching pussy bow blouse that I wear now because I remember at the time I was obsessed with it and she passed it on to me and she's a black fur coat that she bought in Chic Boutique and stole back in the 90s. Chic Boutique? Chic Boutique, yeah and I wear that to death, like I kind of took it off her by accident, lol um, and she, I wear that all the time and everyone always asks me where I got it and I'm like, it's my mother's That's and so nice there's a few pieces that. like that I have that that she has now that I'm looking at that I'm kind of like, we oh, kind of want them. Mm. But I suppose like, because I grew up in a house with two older brothers on a farm and there wasn't a lot of girly influences. So like she had me and I had her. So we nice always bonded over really clothes. Nice. Yeah. And like, we'd always go shopping together. All the conversations we have basically are about clothes that we want to buy or... looking at and she actually apologised to me a few months back she was like I'm sorry you got the spending ability of me and not the saving ability of your father (laughs) but she like my mom would have grown up with that because my grandmother was always really big into style and my grandmother is 93 now but she went blind when she was in her 40s went fully blind yeah Um, but she always dressed unreal every day she always looked perfect always had her makeup on she always wanted to know what colour she was wearing, what she could match with, different skirts. Wow. So, And when we were younger, if you bought something, you had to go up to Nana's house and you had to go over at your clothes and she'd be feeling them and you'd have to explain the shape and the colour. And oh, wow. So we were always surrounded by that and mm-hmm. I think that's the kind of thing if I do decide to have a child, which won't be for another 20 years. Take FYI. Aideen, take your time. <laughs> take, I will take my time. If I I can hope, give you yeah. any advice today. <laughs> I'll be keeping that advice very close to my heart. Um, but yeah, I hope that it's something I can pass on because it has been a big part of our relationship and I think mm. it's just such a lovely thing to have
0: yeah Oh,
2: mm. I'm so emotional
0: Aww, I bet you are <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's so nice yeah. I actually feel like that's the perfect note for us to end yeah. on don't you think lovely thought guys look after my podcast baby
1: we will don't worry we'll miss you Dominique we we'll miss will. you so much I We miss will see
2: you guys so much but I will be listening I oh, will she'll be, be listening. listening and I can't wait to listen it's like 4am I think I said this in our interview you're going to have to take it out already but 4am (laughs) feeds I'll be listening to Marie talking about beautiful cashmere rap you know (laughs) (laughs) but you'll be back
3: soon I know it'll be be It'll fly. it'll fly I will
2: but uh, yeah I will will see you soon and see you soon guys thank you thank you (laughs) we've got some great news in from Kildare Village this week the private sale is taking place from March 29th to April 7th all you have to do is sign up to Kildare Village's loyalty subscriber list to receive an additional 20% during this sale period So Sarah Rickard-Lantry is a fashion stylist and creative consultant. She is also the woman behind many of the most special image fashion shoots and very much already a part of team image. You Smart Casual listeners are also about to get to know her a lot better as I am delighted to announce that she is going to be taking the reins and joining Smart Casual as co-host as I go off to have a baby. (laughs) I can't believe I'm actually saying that out loud, it's mad. Um, This afternoon I have the pleasure of introducing you to Sarah and learning lots
3: more about her very busy life while I'm at it too. So Sarah, welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. I'm very excited <laughs> to have you here.
2: Um, I feel like I've been imagining this moment of welcoming you into the studio
3: for so Aww. long. It's really exciting that it's happening. Lovely and it's kind of bittersweet for you though. But yeah, it is. You'll be missed. I have no doubt. <laughs> um, so, do
2: you want to give our listeners a little introduction to you, first of all, and tell us about maybe your career, what you what you do?
3: Okay yes well as you said I am a fashion stylist and creative consultant so uh, the job of fashion stylist um is a lot more than just the title yeah. so uh, it encompasses it encompasses a lot um than ju- like some people think that I just kind of get beautiful clothes put them on a beautiful model but yeah. it's all about Coming up with the original concept, pitching, 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 like that's what I spend the majority of my time doing. Mm. Working in collaboration with a brand or a magazine, um, deciding on a location, picking the photographer, picking the model, uh, hair and makeup, all the logistics, um, deciding on the mood, obviously your mood board. And then actually project managing the entire thing. Mm-hmm. So um, the clothes are kind of, obviously, they're a massive part of it, but they're not the only thing that I manage. Far, far from it. You yeah. know, if that was the case, that would be lovely. But uh, unfortunately, in Ireland, there just isn't, it isn't the kind of industry, yeah. you know, that allows for that. So um, it's very exciting. I do get to shop. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I do, I'm i around beautiful clothes Um a lot of the time, but actually, I started way back when. Um, I actually did my work experience, my transition year work experience, oh. in U Magazine and in wow. Morgan Brand, which is now Morgan the Agency. So, um, to say the fashion has always been an interest is is an understatement. You know, wow. it just yeah, it was just always the forefront of my mind and kind of an obsession from very early on. I've three older sisters and a shopaholic Mm mum, so (laughs) the combination of that meant that I was kind of always around, nice clothes, aesthetically Mm -hmm. pleasing, you know. Most stylists that we talk to kind of don't even realise what a a
2: stylist is or what a stylist does and end up kind of falling into it.
3: Yeah, well... I I wanted to do art when I was in school and my science teacher told my mum that I was really good at science, which was a lie. Oh. <laughs> so I wasn't allowed to do art. So I didn't have art. I would have loved to have gotten into design, you yeah. know, but I knew I loved o- the overall images. I knew I loved the art form of it, you know, yeah. the fantasy of it. So for me, it wasn't just about the clothes. It was about the overall image. So yeah. that's styling re- or photography, you know, yeah. that was really what I loved. And I was actually, I was going to do a, a master's in styling and photography in London College of Fashion wow. when I met Paula. And she said to me, Sarah, you're going to be two years behind any other assistant. Yeah. So get out there. Pretty much. So I did a short course in styling and journalism and design okay so mm,
2: journalism and science yeah in, sa- in central
3: saint martin's well it was three it was three separate courses and um my journalism teacher told me, you've got contacts in Dublin and New York, what are you doing here? <laughs> so it wasn't exactly encouraging. Yeah. Um, so I came back and um, I was still assisting Paula and then I started assisting Sinead and Catherine. So that's Sinead Keenan and Catherine Condell. Yes, Who indeed. are our first guests on yes, Smart Casual. Yes, I know, and they were fabulous. Yeah, I they are to brilliant. To them.
2: Yeah, it was a
3: special time around then. That's kind of yeah, the... Yeah, absolutely. 2000s? I- well it was 90s? I suppose it was two no, 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 it was two thousand and five. Yeah. Uh, two thousand and six. So it was great between the three of them. I was making kind of an okay living and mm. you know, I didn't have the massive responsibility of doing shoots or anything on myself. But at the same time, I I wanted to be more creative. So mm-hmm. I started testing then with um, a really nice Argentinian photographer that was in Dublin at the time, German Collins. And we did a bridal shoot and then... Um, Elaine Prendeville had just taken over in as editor for Irish Tatler, mm-hmm. and German was having a meeting with her and he said, you want to come along and meet her? So we met her and we pitched a couple of ideas and sh- so I started, we, I did one shoot, she loved it. I did another shoot, she loved it and then kind of about six months to a year later she asked me would I go in as kind of the chief stylist for Mm. Irish Tatler amazing which was amazing you must have been over the moon I was over the the moon. moon yes absolutely over the moon and then and um, as part of Harmonia, the publication, I, I started working for You magazine as well and then Woman's Way occasionally. So it was keeping me quite busy.
2: you done like a, a nice full circle there. Yes. Starting at yes, You when you I were know. in transition here. I
3: know. And I was so sad when um, they stopped yeah, making you, publishing you and yeah. it just brought back memories you yeah. know it's just it's so funny yeah that's support Irish publications that happens, absolutely, everybody absolutely yeah. absolutely it's so important
2: and what's your earliest kind of fashion memory um, like I have a pair of wellies that I talk about I've talked about a few times right. before cute. that I can just remember so well me and my friend had them and they
3: had eyes on them they were green Oh, <laughs> that's so cute see this is the stuff I'm going to miss because my boys will not you know yeah, they don't care what they where <laughs> um, yeah, I suppose my mom loves to shop, so she was always bringing a girl shopping and oh, nice. um, yeah, and we used to kind of do fashion shows then when we came home from my dad, oh, so they were really cute times and so would you be doing the styling then too? Yes, yeah, I think even back then, like I even remember, I used to swim and one of the moms saying to my mom, you know, Sarah's such a fashion chameleon. Like, one day she's arriving like a goth, and the next day she's arriving like, you know, pretty girl. I just loved changing things up with yeah. how I dressed. And as a teenager then, were you kind of... It was like that. You were just dressing,
2: experimenting all the yeah, time. Yeah,
3: I was and I wasn't. Like, I went to an all-girls convent school, oh, yeah. so, you know, there was the <laughs> uniform. But I always tried to do something a little bit different. So even... You know, I even remember the the O'Neills, yeah. that phase, oh, whatever, stop. yeah, gross. <laughs> I was I was one of them. I had O'Neills. I think we were all one of them, <laughs> I think. Um, but then I'd go one step further and I used to go into like Millet's camping shop and buy like, you know, uh, sleeveless puffers and I used to go into the army supply store and oh, get really? army. Yeah, like I I had this thing about kind of sourcing yeah. things that were just that bit different. yeah.
2: That's brilliant. Even I, I definitely, as a teenager, I was just like, let's all buy exactly the
3: same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, definitely, I, you want to conform, but for some some reason with clothes, I always liked to, d- now I didn't push the boundary, maybe no one noticed, but I knew that it was from an army supply store, yeah. you know, and not from, I don't know where we got our clothes, from even back then, sports shops. Yeah. It was only sports shops. Yeah. Yeah, literally,
2: O'Neill's mm. and whatever. That's so admirable, though, as a teenager to be going to that extra effort.
3: Like Can that is a stylist how annoying I was to my mom, though? Oh my you God, know, she was I the one did. that had to fork out for it all. I was also, so this will show you, I was a competitive swimmer for a few years and I was obsessed with swimwear then. So, like, we mm. used to have to ring, like, a directory in the UK to get all our amazing maroon and speedo, you
1: wow. know, and I
3: was very specific. I wanted the one that zipped up the whole way and... So even from that, even our silicone swimming hats, you know, yeah. I wanted to have something that was a bit, and that used to excite me so much. Yeah. Like <laughs> You were a stylist literally at the core. I don't know, now that I'm saying it, yeah, maybe. I, that is, yeah. I have never heard anybody more of a stylist. <laughs> <laughs> That's so
2: impressive. I suppose, I suppose, yeah. Do you think, um, so now, like, you were, you were probably one of the busiest stylists around. I, I feel like I see you. Your name on the little credits. Listeners, if you look, open up any magazine Mm, on any shelves, look in the little
3: credits of the most lovely fashion shoots and you will see Sarah's name. Mm, That's so nice. Yeah, Um, I mean, it, it comes in waves and it's something because I actually, I left styling in 2012 and I went into fashion buying and then I had my first son and I decided to not go back to fashion buying and so I came back into styling. So it's kind of, it's been, you know, ups and downs Mm. and I didn't really know how much I wanted to get back into styling full time, you know, so I was kind of dipping my toe in a little bit, but... And um, thanks to Marie Kelly, mm-hmm. uh, she was the one that kind of championed me from the start and mm. was like, yes, we'd absolutely love him. And then from then, you know, it was kind of like, OK, this is where I should be. Yeah. You know. And how did you find it after? Because you've got two sons now. Yes, I have two boys. Um, what age are they? So uh, it's Harry's birthday today. He's three. Yeah, happy and birthday, Harry. Happy birthday, Harry. And he, um, and then Ollie is four, but he'll be five in July. So there's a year and a half between them. Okay.
2: And how did you find coming back then to
3: styling and
2: coming back to clothes and yeah. everything after yeah. having... Yeah,
3: impossible. Really? In a word, yes. Really? Yeah, it was harder to come back than it was starting out. Really? Yeah, because there was some sort of course, you know, like assisting... Doing the odd actual course and then testing and whatever. When I came back to it, first of all, it's like, do people think I failed because I went into Penny's buying department for two years and then I kind of was doing nothing, being a stay-at-home mom with two children. It's not doing nothing. But, you no, know, in the public everything. eye, I was doing very little. And um, then sending the emails and not getting replies from people. Mm. And, you know, it's like, oh, God, kind of feeling sick to your stomach, like, am I doing the right thing? You know, how yeah. am I going to get back years. out there?
2: It was two years, was it? Mm. Two years is a really long time mm. in, in in, and I'm doing
3: inverted commas mm. here in fashion world. Yep. Um Yes, um, I felt completely irrelevant. And also when I had left styling in 2012, Instagram and influencers, they weren't a thing. Like stylists were the tastemakers, in, in air quotes, um, or the influencers of the time. Now, it was starting all right, but it mm-hmm. was like rich Swedish models were blogging, you yeah. know. Like yeah. it was completely aspirational, unobtainable. Mm. And then coming back in 2016, kind of 2015, 2016, it, it was just Very everywhere. Yeah. yeah, the scenery was just completely different. So I had that as well. Yeah. To contend with. So it was fine because one of the reasons why I decided to move away from styling is because it was becoming more about the public persona Mm. than my work. Yeah. And I absolutely adore my work and I want my work to speak for itself. So, but I found I was constantly being asked to do things in front of camera or whatever, you know, and I would have had blogs and I had kind of behind the scenes snaps and stuff like that. But I just... I wasn't into the whole public, like, me being the thing and Mm. not my work. It's a really interesting development Mm. for stylists and styling that it's suddenly become about
2: being, like, a personality. Yeah,
3: absolutely. They want to know the person behind the work. And it's the same, I suppose it's the same in all industries, you know, creative industries. They want to know who that person is and people are really nosy. And I get that. But I suppose... It was that kind of lack of control. And we certainly know even on this podcast, speaking to the best
2: stylists are not the people who want to be in front of the cameras. (coughs) They're the workhorses who, you know, only wear black.
3: Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Like, if you look at the greats, I'm not comparing, I'm just making a point, you know, like, look at Karl Lagerfeld or look at Azadine Light. Like, they they had a uniform and, you know, like, I'm, I'm. I suppose objective in my view of fashion and styling and everything. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to me as a person, I I kinda don't don't like the gaze being on me. I like my work to speak for, for itself not me to speak for my work yeah. basically yeah. you know Yeah, and obviously there are other you know stylists and creatives who that
2: naturally really fits for them that they do speak about their work really well and that they are personalities and in I'm their s- own I'm right I'm so
3: but it shouldn't be expected no oh, absolutely like yeah. I think that is amazing and admirable mm. and I I would love I actually would love to be a bit more like that but it just doesn't come naturally to me yeah which makes it harder than to crack into an industry when you've been away for a year or two
2: yeah but you did crack into the industry I did yes yes so there's a positive note to the absolutely (laughs) and
3: seriously you know I did think I was kind of at rock bottom I really didn't know what way to go or you know if I should just Become a stay home mom, but then I was miserable as a stay home mom as well. Yeah. You know, and you just kept going. Is yeah, that what you did. You just time, kept time. Yeah, kept going. And like, once you're doing something, one of the things, kind of a regret of mine is I started doing a blog where I actually did kind of outfit posts. You know, trying to get myself out there a bit more. And someone said to me, like, why are you doing that? What are you doing it for? And I was so vulnerable at the time that I went, yeah, you're right. And I stopped doing Mm. it. And then I was at an interview that like the following, say, six months, a year later. And all they wanted to know was, did I have a blog? Mm. What was my personal? You know, and I just think it's so much easier to work when you're working. You know, so like I've taken on jobs and gone, God, so isn't the type of thing that I want to do. But I've met people out of that. Yeah. And it's moved me on to something else that has been really beneficial or something I've really loved. Yeah. So I'm open. I am open to it. And, I'm I, you know, I'm not taking from stylists who are amazing and they can be influencers and they look good and everything. I personally don't have the time mm. to do, you know, to, it to the level that I would need to.
2: Mm. Um, and do you find now, I mean, you've got great personal style. Like Sarah's wearing a... Kind of green, mm-hmm. green, silky leopard print skirt. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, I've only just seen the leopard t-shirt. It's black. Kind that of that was so on purpose. Leopard t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it was at all. Uh, And studded kind of flat black boots. Very cool outfit. Thanks. Um Do you find it difficult to separate your personal style? This is something we always talk to mm. styles about, which I think is so interesting. But your personal style from when you are styling?
3: Or is that just easy peasy? No. Uh, Honestly, no. Like, yes, with styling a person, maybe. But um, when I'm doing shoots, they're so fantastical and Mm -hmm. I'm trying to put another layer on them. Like, I'm not doing a shoot. Yeah, okay, I I suppose I do do shoots where you could actually go, yeah, I want to buy this, this and this. But as an overall... I want it to be kind of a feast for the eyes. You yeah. know, you're not going to see that many people walk around. But if someone says, oh, that blouse is beautiful, you know, there might be 16 layers of other stuff on <laughs> them, you know. Yeah. But, so, yeah, I, I can totally separate. And I think it's it's really obvious when people have such a strong style that are stylists. Yeah. And I think it can kind of date quite quickly. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. So, you need to be able to read what that magazine wants what will work with yeah. the model what the theme is for yeah the shoot. and to, to just see what's around like obviously the catwalk is your first point of contact yeah and from that I would kind of research you know what designers were thinking where they got their ideas from mm-hmm. for the collection then I'd kind of look at who's collection was beautifully styled and what elements they added to it, you know, and you go from there. So it's not, I'm not looking at what's in my wardrobe for that, you know, or what I'd like to wear. And on the topic of your wardrobe. Mm. So as a mother
2: of two Mm. and a stylist, Mm -hmm. I'm standing in front of Sarah Rickard's
3: wardrobe. What does it look like? Um, Well, I have one side of my wardrobe, which is like a museum of clothes <laughs> gone by it's like Museum of BC before children right okay. so there are the clothes that don't fit me anymore but I refuse to give up mm-hmm. so I'm like oh I can bring it to the zip yard they can do I don't oh, know yeah. what oh, I, I have, am I expecting of, of zip, the zip yard clothes <laughs> <laughs> that's Courtney Smith's fault she's like yeah. say, I, I got this dress and I turned it into you know a yeah, skirt and top I'm like what um, <laughs> yeah so there's one half that's definitely my my past but mm. uh, and it's got sequins and it's got sparkles and yeah. you know, it's got paillettes and it's it's lovely. And then there is my wardrobe, which is full of kind of um separates. Yeah. Cause I buy pieces. I don't go out and now this sounds so funny because I'm a stylist, but like I don't go out and go, oh, I need a top to go with that. I just see something and go, oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. And I have to have it. Mm, that's what I do too. Yeah. So there's, the, so there's that. And then there's the kind of rotating clothes that everyone has. So, you know, I have my my mom uniform, which is basically runner. And actually my styling uniform because I'm running around so much. So it's like facial runners, a pair of um, good jeans and a cashmere, you know. And that's... Nice. But, like, that's my mum's uniform as well. So yeah, it's like I read something that you start becoming your mum when you hit 33 or something. So I'm I'm well in there. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> like, I, I love that she wears shirts and jeans and, yeah. she, you know, it's just really classic, really understated and realistic. Yeah. And that is what,
2: what I think when you get into your 30s, mm. that is what you start to need. Yeah. And I'm sure when you're a mum, yes. that's what you start to need is just comfortable, Comfort. easy to wear, But still maintaining, it's nice to hear you say that you can still maintain that little bit of like, a bit of glam style. You know, personal style. Yes. But Please tell me that the future
3: is not. The future is bright. <laughs> I will tell you. Thank you. I'm very conscious that you're sitting in front of me about pop.
1: So I'm not going to start telling
3: you how yeah. terrible
1: it is. To yeah. But I definitely,
3: I, I kind of did things a little bit arseways, I suppose. Because yeah. I left styling. I went into a new career. I had a baby. I moved to the country. Mm. Then I had another baby. Oh and God. I decided I was going to be a stay-at-home mom. So... You know, it was a total culture, like, you know, I didn't know. Yeah, Yeah. culture shock. I didn't know what was going on. Um, And I resorted to wearing a lot of jeans and tops and not, you know, not waste. Why would I waste my makeup? You know, like this kind of thing. And I, I definitely did get into that. So I think it's really important to have a reason to dress up and to keep that, whether it's...
2: Or even just to dress up when you don't have a reason.
3: Yeah, but I think... Well, for me, the reality of sleep deprivation and early mornings and late nights. Don't I'm I'm get sorry, sorry. <laughs> her with Scared eyes. <laughs> nothing, nothing. Um, but you do again. You want comfort, and yeah. it's the same with eating. Like yeah, when like my boys still get up before six every morning, Bless. so I am having a croissant before nine a.m. Like you know, or a piece of chocolate in the morning to get me through. And that's the day. fine, you go girl I You just, have that piece of chocolate I, Yeah I am too. Seriously, what? <laughs> That's what it's all about. What really else are you gonna gets do? You yeah. And when you have those moments, you know, grab the packet of Jaffa cakes and bring them into the toilet and lock the door <laughs> and just eat away. You know, ignore that screaming child. I think of they'll you. survive. <laughs> oh, Sarah, I'm
2: so delighted to have you here, and I actually couldn't think of a better person to be handing over the reins oh, to. Thank you so much. I really, really am, I'm and I will. Thrilled. I'll be calling you at five thirty in the morning oh, with Jesus. my Jaffa cakes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> just Instagram me I'll be there I'll yeah. be there for you any time in life, when you're up breastfeeding any time yeah. <laughs> um, so I think
2: everybody that about wraps me up amazing um, I'm delighted to be leaving you all, like I said, in the hands of Sarah, Marie and Aideen. And I have to say, I'm looking forward to leaving, uh, to the tables turning and getting to enjoy being a listener of Smart Casual for a while. I am envisaging 4am feeds uh, with Aideen O'Connell's soothing tones talking to me about some new shoes that I have to try on. <laughs> um, and six months will fly by. So until then, Smart Casual listeners... Stay stylish.
0: This episode of Smart Casual was brought to you in collaboration with Kildare Village. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, make sure to rate, review and subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes and Spotify.